Hello and welcome to another Woodshop Podcast with Mike Coffey of Coffee Custom Builds, Daniel Dunlap of Daniel Dunlap Woodworks, and Peter Kapar of Petrie's Workshop. You can find us all as well as the podcast on Instagram and YouTube. Welcome to episode 147 of Another Woodshop Podcast, where we remind you to forward this podcast to 10 friends or you'll have bad luck for forever. That's right. Those annoying chains are back for forever. Is there any way to like switch your luck? Oh, we can change it up. uh, How about this? Uh, Send forward this podcast to 10 friends or you'll have bad sex forever. Sorry. You know? What if you already have the bad? Clearly, you didn't forward this podcast to 10 friends. Or you sent it to 10 people you it's thought on you, were dog. your friends. But it's on you. <laughs> news break. Sorry, Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> yes, blame the podcast news for that, Dan. <laughs> oh, I will. <laughs> Anywhere I can distribute the blame, I will do that. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of they, bad sex, Mike? Speaking, speaking of bad sex, big thanks to our patrons. Uh, <laughs> no, we, uh, <laughs> we got a whole whole pile of new patrons over the last couple of weeks. A so kitten caboodle. Two. A kitten caboodle. Uh, Are you fil- sure you got it filtered right? Sorted right? Uh, <laughs> you know, 30% chance. 30% <laughs> chance. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Patrons. Oh. And here's who they are. Phil Plant. Melinda Coons. Stevie. Nope. Steve Laterola. I probably should have pre-read these because <laughs> I went straight to Ariel. Steve Laterola. Yeah, these, these words are hard. Why are all these crazy patrons joining? No. Uh, Matt Maynard. Bob Ryan at Bob Ryan Studio, and then Max Reed at Reed Design Co. No, Reed Designed Designed Past Tense Co. Oh, big thanks to oh, I was going to read Designs Tampas. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Justin loves that joke, but he's not a patron anymore. He probably doesn't listen. Uh, the and yeah, I want to maybe that's thinking. why he's not a patron, <laughs> right? From all the all the jokes about his his name. No, J- Justin loves. It. We actually had a phone call earlier. We were talking about he. I, well, I, I missed him. him announce, I, so I was hoping he was going to be at WorkbenchCon. I was really bummed out he wasn't there. Yeah. I know he's very busy at the fire department. So. I was going to pretend like I that that he was there and I forgot about it. <laughs> that's that's Dan's <laughs> move. <laughs> so oh, thanks for who, ruining that. <laughs> You're from uh, Lauderdale, right? Yeah. Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Let's take. Uh, no, uh, big thanks to our VIP patrons, Alex Copa-Johns, Bill Burkle, Braden, Daniel Bryson, Jake Miller, Justin with Calvary Creations, uh, Christian Tongue, Malcolm at Boston Nova Woodworks, Matt Maynard, Melissa, no, excuse me, Melinda Coons, Michael Flickinger, Mike Lydon, Scott Holland, Square Splinter, Steve Laterola, and Tim from Lock City Woodworks. Y'all are dumb. I think Thanks I bought so much. three, at least three, maybe four of those patrons' drinks at WorkbenchCon. So if you want a free drink from DD <coughs> or any one of us, need to go to WorkbenchCon next year. Honestly, the joke's on everyone yes. that they didn't just take a shot and was like, hey, I'm a, you know, I'm a top tier patron because I just would have bought you a drink. Oh, no. No, it was uh, real quick behind the curtain. I was recording with the wrong input device. So the audio of me probably sounds a little better now. But to offset it, I'm going to make Dan and Pete have squirrel voices up until that point. So it'll be hilarious. I'm editing this week. <laughs> no. Just throwing uh, the chipmunks in there? <laughs> uh, yeah, just just the chipmunk voice modulation. Yeah, just, just work it in there. No, Pete was talking about something, but I was so distracted I didn't hear anything about it because I realized I screwed up the podcast. I was saying how the economy was, but you know, it's not worth it now. 
Oh yeah, let's go deep into the economy. That's uh, <laughs> gripping. It's uh, it's loads. You know, of when fun. I was your age, loads. Interest rates were blah blah blah. <laughs> um, speaking of loads, speaking of loads, uh, you know, we just got back from having loads of fun at WorkbenchCon, so we probably should recap that. <sighs> I mean, normally we'd talk about what's on our bench, <clears throat> and we'll do that. Don't worry, baby birds, we'll feed you. But first, we're going to talk about. No, you know what? Let's actually let's actually listen to these questions because I think those will prime us to get into our workbench con talk. So let's actually let us actually let's talk about our what's on our bench this week. Questions, topic, then what's on our bench? That's crazy. No, let's do what's on our bench now. No, actually, Pete, oh, do you want to do really questions first? I don't yeah, know. Questions man. I'm really first. Let's, let's do really questions first. Let's go. Let's go crazy. Let's go questions first. Dan, I'm going to need you to take notes because this episode's crazy. It's Braden with Little Bug. What's up, guys? It's Braden with the LBW, uh, and my question is, shocker, WorkbenchCon related. So there's obviously, there's a lot of content creators, there's a lot of makers, um, there's vendor reps, you know, there's a lot of people in the space that all went to WorkbenchCon. So my question is, who really kind of blew your socks off? Like, is there a, you know, a brand that was showing off something really cool, or was there a maker or a content creator that you think is like a real up-and-comer um, you know, what was, what was kind of your takeaway? Who really surprised you there? Uh, and then as a bonus question, uh, getting back from Atlanta, it has been very cold and dreary here in Omaha. So what I would like to know also is what hot beverage specifically do you guys enjoy in the shop? Cause I'm trying to find something to just like really start my day off. Right. Really get me going. Hope you guys have a great day. Hope you guys have a great podcast. See ya. Hit, hit us with that meat, Pete. That's <laughs> That's a new bit I'm trying to get on the show. <laughs> Better be Polish sausage. Get us with the meat, Pete. Go. Uh, so, <laughs> I, I had a conversation. They always call him Meaty Petey. Meaty Petey. That's, That's what was his nickname at WorkbenchCon. Yeah, if you missed it was. out, you can't Everyone call was that. saying it. Yeah. <laughs> Never yeah, yeah. Meaty Petey. Meaty Nick. <laughs> Um, and then uh, my catchphrase the whole time was nice to meet you and then I'd hit him in the face with a kibasi (laughs) smash him with a ribeye like a 25 ounce ribeye and it's just torn to shreds by the end of the workbench con and everyone has some sort of poisoning from raw meat (laughs) why did you tenderize this ribeye with people's faces Um, so I, I had I had a conversation about this topic with uh, Jeff from Two Moose and it was about like, you know, what has been like your big takeaway? Because last year I remember having like a big moment of like, whoa, I'm doing that part wrong. I need to fix it. This year, this year there was a lot of little things and and Jeff put it the best for me. It was, um, it was a lot of affirmations of things that like you, it was like, oh, yeah, I should be hitting that harder. Or I, yeah, I should be focusing on that more. It was a lot of like little nudges to get me back on track. Cause I think a lot of us, you know, we hear everyone's success stories. Everyone's like, yeah, you got to post shorts. And another person's like, you don't want shorts on your channel. And another person's like, yeah, shorts are the best. And you know, everyone's got these different opinions about one topic. Are you talking about the YouTube? Yeah. Platform? Or are you talking about shorts yeah, in general? Big, like board yeah, shorts? Rather wear pants, pants or nothing at all. a big thing. But I don't want to get into that. That's really inflammatory topics right there. I don't okay. want to talk about that. But as far like, you know, every, there's so many different things that are working for people that won't necessarily work for everyone. 
we get back from WorkbenchCon and tend to kind of split off and all to, all these different things that we think are going to work because we're working for someone else and it's hard to do multiple things. So it helped me kind of niche it back down. And um, like one thing that like, and, and, and know that I'm saying this in the most humble possible way, but like this year when I went to WorkbenchCon, I felt like a lot more people knew me. You know, whether it was just I've grown my account, but also like I've just been very active with talking to anyone I can. And I remember talking with Keith Johnson about this. Like I get slammed with messages all day. He barely gets any. His account is triple mine. It's because like he doesn't really like ask like a lot of like engaging questions or people maybe are intimidated to reach out to him because he's large account. I, I do this stupid thing called ask questions where people just hammer me with their own like opinions or answers or whatever. So like, anyways, long story short, I felt like a lot more welcome and be able to walk up to anyone and people were walking up to me. And the biggest thing was I literally was, I felt like between the podcast, people I met on the podcast and people I knew from the community, I could have walked up to anyone. And I did walk up to literally almost anyone that I considered to be like a mentor or someone like I want to be like and learn from and just start a conversation with them. And I know we always say like, you can walk up to anyone it's, you know, everyone's human, whatever, doesn't matter what size, but like I've built the relationships over the last year that allowed me to just walk up to like Brad or Eric or, or, or Mike, I'm very shy about talking to Mike and like talk to them about what they're doing. And it felt really nice this year. This year felt like really like welcoming and open and, and all of the little tidbits is what really added up for me. It wasn't like one major thing. Uh, it was just like, wow, this year, my big thing that I walked away with was like, wow, this community, I can be a part of this community. Like I'm, I'm more than just like a part of it. Like I'm starting to graduate slowly into like this echelon of woodworkers and makers that I used to idolize. You are the community. I am the community. Um, but it really felt like this, this time around that like, wow, like I'm friends with the people I've watched for some of them for a decade like idolize and now I have them on speed dial. That's like a thing. It used to be a thing, whatever. Uh, but yeah, it just, it was like more just an awakening for me. Like, yeah, I really like, I worked hard at this and you know, I might not have a huge YouTube presence or whatever, but um, it might not be what I took away from the event, but me. I'm able to lean on this community that much more reliably because of what I've built over the years. And uh, that's kind of my big takeaway. As far as a hot beverage, uh, if it's pre Christmas, a hot toddy, but if, and, and I'm done working power tools, I'll make a hot toddy once in a while. And if you don't know what that is, look it Coward. up. And aside from that, a hot coffee, man, you can't beat a hot coffee. It's the best. Dan, what about you? What was your big mind blowing event at WorkbenchCon that changed I everything? I had one big mind blown event. I do agree with you on how like more people knew me. It was, it was kind of, it was really f fun and um, just kind of. Uh, overwhelming, not overwhelming, humbling, yeah. humbling, walking through the conference and, you know, so many friends, <laughs> a dozen people walk, walk up to you and say, Hey, I, I love your content. I've been following you for, you know, such and such years. I, I, I'm so stoked to meet you. It's like, wow. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. But I was standing in the hallway right after Jason Hibbs and Keith Johnson's class. And I was just talking to, I, I think I was talking to Nick Bram. I think you were there, Pete. Yeah, you were there. I was always you were there. With there. Emma. You were talking to somebody else. But Steve <sighs> Ramsey, yeah. woodworking for mere mortals, made like a, 
a beeline over to me. I didn't see him until he got right up on me. And he said, hey, I, I just wanted to come over and introduce myself. And he knew me. He, he's, you know, Daniel Dunlap. I was like, what? Steve Ramsey came to me and wanted to introduce himself to me? What the hell? What is this? I, I was blown away. Even even when he left, Nick was like, did that really just happen? I, I had that moment with... So, with that was my one big moment. It was dude. It was I, I totally for forgot about that. But because like, you I know, had that like, moment with Jimmy, Jimmy walked yeah. up to me to shake my hand while I was talking to people, and I was like, "Did Jimmy just leave his crowd to say hi to me?" I didn't want to approach him because like he's busy. I'll get him eventually. Say hi, see if he remembers me. He shook my hand, and I damn near shed a tear. And later, I told him about it. Like dude, it made it made it meant so much to me that you walked up to me and said hi. Blew my mind. But you know. Mm-hmm. Like they say, don't meet your heroes. Not meet them. They're great. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Ramsey is like the account that like we probably all started watching when we first started woodworking. Right. He's been doing mm-hmm. it forever. You know, he's king of DIY. So it was just really, really special moment for me. I don't, I'm sure it's probably not the same for him, but I will, I will put that in my pocket and save it forever. And obviously uh hot beverage is uh hot, hot chalada. tea. For reasons, <laughs> Mike, what say His you? Question was like big takeaways, right? Or a big mind, like yeah. yeah, your biggest takeaway from mind blowing moments. Big, big takeaways. takeaway for me from there was um, I got a lot of really great feedback from friends who have very large YouTube channels because I'm really trying to grow my YouTube channel right now. Like that's my focus. Um, they gave me some very good <clears> feedback. <throat> so those the big takeaway from Workbench. Well, there's two big takeaways. Uh, the one one big takeaway was like a lot of really great advice. Almost none of it was the same from anyone, so you kind of have to take things with a grain of salt. But it was like a, it was a bunch of great advice, like on how to grow my YouTube channel, which was something I really wanted to get out of there. Like working on titles, working on thumbs, planning videos better, um, uh, having a story. Story is so important. You know, I've 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 filmed all my YouTube videos in the past from the like. You cut a piece of wood and then you glue a piece of wood and then you take this other piece of wood that you glued this. And it's very like utilitarian and like I have not had story arcs in my post in my YouTube videos. And that's like so important. And like I have the ability to do that. I need to start doing that. So um, a lot of growth in terms of that. Um, a lot of like um, a lot of people who have these big YouTube channels asking a lot of questions like why are, why does anyone put any time in Instagram? And it's like. It's a really good question, actually. <laughs> like, why does anyone put time on Instagram? Like, it doesn't, it just doesn't pay. And it's just like, uh, it just doesn't make so, it's, it's more and more, a bit more and more like kind of not pivoting out of Instagram. Like, Instagram is important to me because of the community and uh, some things like that. But like, the amount of time that I do give it compared to what comes out of it is just like, I think it's just hard to let go of something that I've spent so much time in and I've, you know, grown a decent following over there. But ultimately, like, what's that following doing for me when, when at any time Instagram can just kind of like flip a switch and then, oh, look, for three months, my posts are going to 10,000 people. It makes no sense if you have 100,000 followers and your posts get to 10,000 people. It doesn't matter anymore. So I learned a lot of that stuff. And then the other big takeaway was COVID-19. I uh, I got COVID-19 from WorkbenchCon, so that was cool. <laughs> so Was it 19 or was it wasn't like 18? No, I got the full COVID-19 like experience. It's amazing. For the second time. So, mm. um yeah anyway uh it was a it was a lot of for me i was seek that was seeking out some very specific information from people i talked to a lot of people with big accounts and um yeah i had a lot of good a lot of fun time with people it was really great so um it's a great event 
solid. It's a bit much. It's very, very expensive, I think. Uh, I think it's extremely expensive. I think that um, it's hard for me to justify as I get older, like that much partying. But also, like, if you kind of go to bed earlier, (laughs) um, like before you're missing out on the really important stuff, I think. I feel like the most important stuff happens later on. Um, Yeah, but like, better conversations. What not too many amazing things happen after four. No, four a.m. is very late though, Pete. Like that's <laughs> pretty late. The birds come up. <laughs> so like all the, the things birds that come like up. the sun like, starts the chirping. Classes, there's some. There's I didn't. I took a couple classes this year. I didn't take a lot. I mean, I took like two. Like um, and I'm not talking down about classes. Like the classes. There's a lot of classes that have a lot of great benefit for people um i i know that people went to other classes and they were like like Anne's closing ceremony people were crying i guess um and then there was classes where chris zepp's class was supposed to be very good um after hearing people coming out of them i was like um man i wish i had gone and seen that but like i didn't oh, yeah. really i, I didn't heard really um it's not really why i went there it's not why i went there so like a lot of these things were i heard really good things about chris yeah Zepp's it was like class. how to yes. work with brands i believe <laughs> it was um but I feel like I have yeah. a good grasp on that. So I'm sure he's doing really great with that. Like, there's no question. Like, Chris is crushing it. He's doing, he's crushing, crushing it on YouTube. Um, there's a, I'm sure he has stuff to offer. But that wasn't why I went to WorkbenchCon. I went to WorkbenchCon to focus on my YouTube channel. Um, really, that was the main reason. So that's what I got. I actually wanted to see some more classes this year. But I, I just, like, you're talking about, like, not going to classes because you have these great conversations. And I think that's what happened to me is I wanted to, like, go see John's class, go see Brad's class. But I was in the middle of such good conversations with people that like, I didn't want to walk away. I was getting way better information, not necessarily way better, but what I really wanted to talk about at the time. And it was hard to just be like, Hey, okay, well, this is great. Let's put a pin in this. Talk about it later at the bar. I'm going to go take a class, you know? So I just stayed and was like, all right, let, let's, let's get what I can out of this. Cause this is awesome. But yeah, yeah definitely take some classes if you go, but yeah, you should take more classes than two. I mean, I didn't take enough. That was kind of silly. But um, the next question is from Kimani. Kimani Don. Hey, guys. Welcome back from WorkbenchCon. I hope you're all feeling better and a bit more rested than we all were during the convention. Um, I must say this year was way more exhausting than last year. And I did a lot of running around last year. Um, it was also a bit surreal because there were people who – you know, I'd been talking to for years that I met for the first time. And um, there were people I'd started talking to this year who recognized me. So it was kind of, it was very, like I said, it was a very surreal moment. You know, people just like, hey, you know, I, I've seen you on the internet kind of thing. But uh, anyway, um, you know, I took some classes this year. I talked to a lot of people, um, got some perspective on things I want to do this year. So my question is, um, What's the biggest insight that you maybe got this year that you're going to try to incorporate uh, into your work? And did that happen inside the classroom or talking with people outside the classroom? Thanks. Bye. Dan. As so one of the biggest insights I got, and it's only because I went to the one class. So going back to what Mike was talking about, maybe <laughs> go to more than one class. But um. Like I said, I went to Jason Hibbs and Keith Johnson's class about how to film everything with your phone. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, I think I have a pretty strong grasp of, of, of how to film stuff. I put a lot of weight on 
not doing YouTube or not doing long form content because I feel like I have to use my big, awesome camera. Like, no, you don't have to use the big, awesome camera. You can use the phone. Everything those cameras can do, the phone can do these days. You don't need to use a lot of equipment. So I'm going to focus on that a little bit more. Uh, It won't be that way whenever Isaiah comes back because he does use his he doesn't use awesome your awesome big camera. Yeah. No, he's got his own. But I, you know, it it was nice to hear uh their journey without using a lot of equipment. So, if you're letting something like that hold you back, if you're thinking, "Man, I could do this if if I had a big bigger better camera." Yeah. You don't need it. Can I make an it's addendum not, to your statement you too? Absolutely. Uh, don't Make the only the most important thing is to make the content. Don't let a device be the thing that holds you back, and that's what Dan's saying. Yeah, whatever equipment you have that you're the most comfortable with making <clears throat> the the content with, use that thing. Don't use the thing that someone tells you to make with, because the point is, is yeah, you can just make a very successful YouTube channel on an iPhone. I mean, look at Jason and 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 Keith. I mean, you just can do it. But if that means that you are more comfortable on a DSLR. Or a more expensive fo- a device, use that too. That's all. Got to get the content out. Don't let there be a barrier. Well, the only reason I don't use mine a lot is because, like, it there's extra steps for editing and stuff. You got to mm. get the footage off the camera onto the computer, open it up in uh, Lightroom or whatever <laughs> you're using. Whereas, like, if you shoot it on the phone, it's all right there. Phone, few apps, boom, post it, you're done. So. Just kind of cutting out the middleman a little bit. Yes, the quality is better from my. Uh, it's not necessarily DSLR. It's a mirrorless camera. So, uh, anyway, yeah, that was uh, that was my one big takeaway, I guess. Pete. Uh, one of my big takeaways was from a conversation with uh, Scotty and Suman, uh, Scotty Walsh and Suman. I'm blanking on Suman's last name, but uh, just search his first name. Sure. Smith. Uh, and Alvarez. we're having just a really good conversation about like around YouTube and they're talking about like A-B testing and uh, we're there with uh, John from Lincoln Street too. But I was mainly talking to them and Suman at some point just goes, um, don't like forget exactly what he said, but it's essentially the gist was don't get like tunnel vision with this event. Like the, the brand, those brands that he was pointing at the convention center, those brands aren't going to pay the bills. They're great to know they're going to help you in the journey, but they're not the ones that are going to help you on YouTube because at some point, if, if you're growing on that platform, you can't just get tunnel vision about working with woodworking brands. You're going to work with HelloFresh. You're going to word work with a video game, whatever, because, and, and he said this and I was like, this makes so much sense. Uh, the, if you work with a, you know, this color tool brand, they're going to, Dan, you dealt with this. They're going to hit you with, hey, can you revise this? Can you do this slightly differently? Can you include more of this tool? Uh, we feel you didn't stress enough about this thing. Uh, these other brands that are like video games, mortgage, whatever, like some website, they just want a 60-second ad read or 30-second ad read. They're less likely to be like, well, can you work more of our equipment into your job? Like They're just going to be like, you did the 60-second ad read? Hey, it's there. And a 10 minute video. Great. Here's your check. You know, so it, it made a lot of sense. It's another one of those things that like you think about, but you needed someone to just kind of like nudge you and be like, 
hey, like focus a little wider, not just this one thing. And uh, that really helped out a lot. Uh, I also went to his uh, how to grab your audience in 10 seconds or less class as well. That was pretty good. He was another one, uh, Suman's class. And it was another one of those like a lot of little tidbit tricks, but it was just more like, hey, maybe move the camera. So it's not the angle that we're used to seeing the thing from. Maybe get real low or get real close or an angle that no one usually looks from if you're just standing there watching someone do a thing. And I'm like, ah, oh, that, damn it, that makes so much sense. And I don't actively think about it. Mm. So it was all these little things. And and I'm going to shout him out because Suman really did just give me a lot of these little tidbits. And he actually made a huge impression on Emma. They were talking for like an hour. Uh, well, I was kind of like floating around and talking to some, some people around him, but really good info. And he's right. You got to think broadly <clears> because if this is something you're serious about, look at all these large brands. They're working with, you know, other companies that are, have nothing to do with wood, woodworking, but they're able to work that seamlessly into their videos. Yeah, I was just watching a Jimmy Duresta video yesterday and he dropped a life insurance uh, yeah. ad read in his, his, his <clears throat> video. So Got it. You don't have to just work with woodworking yeah, brands, that's for pay sure. The bills. I mean, we all kind of make fun of them. We talk about, you know, the war of tanks or whatever, but hey, man, if it's paying the bills. Yeah. Or a missile mortgage or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Red rocket mortgage. <laughs> missile reverse yeah. mortgages. Red Circle. rocket reverse mortgage. Circle space. <laughs> all right. Mike, have you um, talked about this yet? I want to talk about the brands thing. Um I had so many conversations with smaller accounts and they are so focused on working with brands. It's crazy to me. Um, I really would suggest you build a content like portfolio before you really focus. Like these, these were not big accounts. I think they have it a bit backwards. I think what happened is people think that like working with brands means you've made it. You've made it means you've made it. That's it's different. Like you need to get your content and build a platform first before you should really start focusing on working with brands. Um, I know it's very exciting, especially at a workbench con type of place where you're um, where you're seeing all these people and there's a lot of larger accounts who are working with brands and stuff. But I would really encourage people who are getting into this or growing a channel, and you know I'm doing that with YouTube right now, um, to focus your energy on creating your brand identity yourself, not your identity with brands, but what your channel and your platform is about and not really worry right off the get about how you're going to work with brands. Um, it, it really shouldn't be like top priority. You really need to focus on making like good content. I think that's the most important thing is good content, not just like making content towards kind of a, it's like a cart before the horse kind of thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Or a field of dreams type situation. If you yeah, build right. it, they will come. Yeah, absolutely. So that's just um, cornfields, cornfields, baseball. It was just crazy. Nebraska. It wasn't crazy. I understand the excitement, but like, really, really focus oh, yeah. on making your 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 channels or whatever your channel, your platform, your page, your whatever it is first before you worry about that stuff. Um, what was the question that Kamani asked? I I forgot. Oh, the biggest insight from Workbench. Oh, biggest insight. Okay, so b biggest insight for me was again back to YouTube is how 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 to utilize thumbnails, how poorly I'm doing that and titles. Um I mean, we had Eric on last episode before we took the break and 
<clears throat> actually, I want right. to read this, and this is not a dog on on Eric. And I hope I'm actually going to tell Eric we read this, but uh, someone called in a question, and gosh dang it, did I delete it? Um, uh, someone called I in a question. I am f- trying to find it. <clears throat> did they, they call it? In it was like a a rebuttal. Or you know what I I, del- I we deleted it or I deleted it or something it's gone but either way basically the the crux of the email was saying hey I used to watch Eric's content I loved his channel uh, I loved his approach to using three tools uh, to attack to attack a project um, it was really good as a beginning woodworker I loved it blah 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 fast forward basically the person was saying that now they find no value in Eric's content. Because they don't understand what – because none of the titles of his videos have anything to do with what – you can't tell what the video is about because Eric's using titles as sort of a clickbaity way to get people in. <clears throat> and the person was basically – But overall, it is right. working for Eric, the, but he did I'm not, probably disappoint with Right. That's, people, that's yeah. the point I'm going to make. And it's like you have to think about like, – I'm, okay. I'm, I'm not agreeing with that, that person. I'm not agreeing or disagreeing. The bottom line is, is you need to create a platform or channel – or page, or whatever your social thing is, where you have a core audience, and you need to decide what that is. Eric tried to have the woodworker and DIY, like entry-level woodworking stuff, work for him for like I think he was doing it for three years, yeah. and it just never did it for a long. It never hit for him. Um, so then he just <clears> decided, <throat> hey, you know what? I'm going to try this thing. I've been doing this thing for years, and it never worked for him. Well, now he's like, I'm going to try this thing, and it is working for him. And however you feel about that, you know, for me. As a content creator, it's like real easy to be like nightstand build and then push this video live because it's what it is. It's a nightstand build. That's super easy. That's the problem I have with my channel. This works back to me, not necessarily about the criticism about Eric because at the end of the day, I ultimately ultimately believe that Eric has a YouTube channel. He wants that channel to be successful and he wants to put all (laughs) his energy into that and have it do well. And he found the way that works for him, which is having the titles he has and using thumbs the way he is. So, um, ultimately, we all want to grow the thing we're, we're building, and Eric found a way to do that. Um, <clears throat> for me, I hope that I can have a little bit. Um, I don't want to keep saying the word clickbaity, but I guess with Eric's titles, they're more of like a heavy hook. Is that less more politically correct saying uh, his titles have a heavy hook? Not not clickbaity. No, it's clickbait. I mean, I think Eric. Would, I think Eric I mean, would even. Agree. I'm trying. To, I mean it in the n- least negative way possible. Like. I don't want my titles to be that clickbaity, but I'm going to be really honest. If that's what I need to do to grow my YouTube channel, I'm going to do that. I think his are his are skewed a bit too far this way for me, um, and I'm hoping I don't I won't need to go that territory for like my time. Basically, what I'm saying is, I the way I've approached YouTube, the biggest thing I took away was that I'm doing it wrong, and I've been doing it wrong for years now. Um, and now that I'm really putting my energy into it, I want to do it right. And I had a lot of I had the opportunity because of WorkbenchCon to um to um learn from people who already know and that's the best part about this thing is we have this collective knowledge that we can pull from and it's amazing so that was my uh my big takeaway there is every time i go there i'm like man you get to learn so much stuff and it costs a lot of money to go there but you get to learn the value you get out of it is worth way more than the cost of WorkbenchCon, and that's the that's the takeaway i wanted to say uh this next one's from malcolm in the middle Hey guys, it's Malcolm at Bossanova Woodworks, and I gotta say, it was awesome meeting all three of you at WorkbenchCon. I managed to get a picture with Pete and Emma, and I got a picture with Dan. 
I didn't get a picture with Mike, but I think that's okay because I'm not sure there's room for me, Mike, and his beard in the same photo. Anyway, my question this week is about put the beard in the international shipping. You may have covered this before. I've gone back through the archives and I just, I'm on episode 20. I haven't made it far enough, but I'm struggling with international <laughs> shipping. Should I offer that? Are there select countries that I should avoid or just a few countries outside of the U.S. that I should ship to? What has been your experience or just post the uh, podcast number that I should be looking for? Thanks. You guys will have... He was talking specifically about Etsy, right? International shipping. Yeah. Generally asking oh, Pete, about Pete. international shipping, but that's... Oh, so, um, my, my main advice is like, when I used to ship internationally is I only did US and Canada because that was the easiest and I knew what shipping in Canada cost and I could just work that into my thing. And it was pretty much always the same for the same or similar weight items. Um, <clears throat> but honestly, like depending on what you have, figure out, just pick an address. Like I, uh, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, like how do you figure out your shipping? Like, pick the furthest point in the US from where you live and you get US shipping, worst case scenario rate. Do the same thing. Pick Australia, pick South Africa, pick Russia, pick Poland, whatever. Just click on Google Maps on an address and just do a fake shipping to it. You don't have to buy the thing. Just see what the price is. You can do it through Pirate Ship and through the USPS site, but don't go through that. Go through Pirate Ship, ShipNerd, whatever thing you're using. And that'll give you your worst case scenario rate. You will be like, it'll blow your mind what people are willing to pay for your items to ship internationally. I've sold a $7 item and people have paid $35 for shipping. Like it, it they'll, they'll pay for it. I've shipped to Japan, Australia, pretty much all over the world. Every single continent mm -hmm. I've shipped something to, uh, except Antarctica, not yet. I just shipped a couple inserts yeah. to Japan two so days like, ago. Figure out your worst case scenario. Yeah. Now, if you have a lot of items at different weights, you know, it's going to be a little harder, but uh, maybe put in the work one afternoon, just, different weights, different size boxes and figure out what your worst case scenario is going to be. And honestly, like for my light, even light items for the shipping, it's $25 flat rate per item. So if you buy one item from me, whether it's $7 or $50, uh, the shipping is going to be, you know, for the 3d printed stuff, cause it's lighter. It's $25 for every additional item you buy on Etsy. And this is on Etsy. It's $10 more. So there's times that people will buy a couple items and like, to go from one item or to two items, the weight doesn't change that much. So I'm actually like, mm -hmm. it's been rare that I lose money on shipping. Most cases, I'll actually earn a couple of dollars on shipping. So it'll cost me $27 instead of the 35. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'll just keep the difference, you know, but then there's other times that it cuts it real close to the amount. But I did my research. I figured out what the worst case scenario is going to be. And that, that allowed me to make money while still shipping internationally. Just be warned that, uh, Occasionally things get lost, but Etsy, at least, uh, for items that are under $250, they will, if a customer's thing is ever lost, I had something shipped to Italy, got lost, just did not get delivered. Uh, they went through the, they put a claim in against me, but Etsy handles that. They noticed that it was lost, that it's been in transit or about to be delivered for three weeks. And they just gave the person their money back without charging me. So, and it doesn't count against you in any way. So if a customer ever, you know, the thing gets lost, just tell them like, please file a claim that it's lost and uh, Etsy will handle it under $250. I think that's their cutoff, but that's a really nice little protection for both the seller and the buyer. 
So that's my, that's my two cents on it. Dan? I'm just going to mimic everything Pete said because all of my international shipping is yep. done through Etsy. Um, it's it's also – I only do small items for global shipping. Like international, obviously, can be Canada too. I won't ship larger pieces to anywhere other than the U.S. and Canada. But all the smaller stuff I do, like any of the inserts, any of the bow ties, I do the same as Pete. Uh, I charge a flat rate. I think my flat rate, I just changed it to $35 yeah. just because. And it's an additional $15 for any other item. So I ship something to Japan. They bought two inserts and they ended up spending like 150 bucks. So, hey, man, if yeah. they're willing to pay it, cool. If not, I'm sure there's some dude in Japan making inserts. They could find somebody locally. Yep. Maybe. I don't know. And also. That's what I do. Sorry, Mike, just two cents uh, on that. You can change uh, your shipping profile on Etsy too. Like for me, it's free US. Canada is $10 and $3 for additional items. Everywhere else, it's how would they list it. Or you can go specifically, you yeah. can have like 10 different profiles for with or 10 different countries within one profile with different prices on it, if you know what the prices are. So keep that in mind if you want to favor some countries over others, especially if you're in Europe and maybe shipping to the local countries is a little cheaper. But do your research. Mike, any additional thoughts? Um, I kind of have just had multiple issues with shipping internationally because <laughs> I don't really ship really small things. So I've had some small things go fine. Um, I've had other issues with things. So I just kind of avoid it, honestly. Um, I'm not like – It can be a I'm bit not of like. I don't, I'm not of the mind that like there's any I don't I don't sell volume, and when I do, it's in a contract with a customer that's in the United States. So like for me, like selling as many things as I can is just isn't my business. I don't I don't want to do. I want to sell as few things at the highest prices I can. So for me, like sh like coordinating shipping and all that stuff isn't something that I um I need to do to make my business make sense. So for me, I haven't had a need to do international shipping except for when I was like really trying to do Etsy. And that was like one of the things with Etsy where I was like, I just don't care. Um, um, so it doesn't make sense for me. So I don't have the good advice like Pete and Dan does. I know, I do know that I've shipped there a few times. I'd say like 50% of the time it went just fine. I covered my money. The rate that Etsy told me to charge or get paid or whatever was good. And then, um, you know, no, that's right. the they other times, the, the other times that I didn't, where it didn't go well, it ended up costing me like three times as much. And there was all these headaches and, and it was just time, 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 time suck. It was a total time suck. That's all it was. So anyways, uh, that's where I'm at with that. Um, I think that if you want to know stuff about that. And then there's people, a language barrier too sometimes. Yeah. Language barrier can be a, 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 pain, a in rear. pain in the rear. Uh, Google Translate. Is your friend and worst enemy. Mm. <laughs> True. Okay. Uh, yeah. So do we have any more no, questions? That's actually that questions. Let's, uh, why don't you, uh, why don't, what you guys want to talk about what's on our bench or do you want to do uh, a quick like workbench con recap or what? Let's do a little womb. All right. Uh, well, how about this then? <laughs> what's on my bench? Uh, Piot. Hello. What you got on your bench? Jeez, um, came back from WorkbenchCon, uh, realized halfway, well, let me start with, I guess, from last week. We we left for WorkbenchCon, bless you, Dan. Dan just sneezed. Nice looking in his hand, figuring out if there's a booger in it. 
right. Let's do it. No, I was looking play. at my mic. I was like, I, I shut that off. Right? Um, so we left for WorkbenchCon Saturday morning because we were uh, we're driving straight down to Nashville, uh, Tennessee. So we drove down mm. 81, and it's about it was about 13 hours. We got in. Uh, we actually gained an hour, so we got in at like 12:30. Uh, crashed that night. And the next morning we were hanging out with our friends, uh, Brett and Bethany, uh, Bethany from crafts with Bethany and Brett from BMR woodworking. So we hung out with them even more awesome than I imagined that we have, we've known them, Dan, I think from the clubhouse days back when like this all started with uh, COVID. Mm-hmm. That's where they, they met, met on clubhouse and, and then he moved down there. He was <laughs> writing a book. Sorry. Who did turn into Bethany a and Brett, movie. They met on clubhouse and then like, oh. We all like we're friends together and now they're engaged. <laughs> That's crazy. So it's gonna Hallmark be a hard movie. Yeah, Hallmark movie. So Coming I had a blast the with them and just hanging out. Uh we got to see Nashville. They took us around, got some hot chicken, went to see uh, you know, the what do they call it? Broad Broadway, I guess, their main strip in Nashville where all the bars are. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And let me just say, uh the the bridal or or ba- bachelorette party industry down in Nashville is bachelorette. bonkers. There was so many bachelorette parties going around. Apparently that's, that's their Vegas guys. In case you're wondering. <laughs> um, so from there we drove down about three and a half hours to Fort Payne, um, Alabama. And then in the middle of nowhere, up in the mountains, our friends uh, from Jersey, they moved down there and they're big into climbing. So there's a big climbing community down there. And, <laughs> it's your video i had so you put that secret, secret tunnel, tunnel yeah. in one of your videos i had that in my head all <laughs> it will play they're like you guys want to go on like a little hike it's just like down the street we'll show you one of the crags we climb at We're like yeah sure and then they take us through this like secret tunnel of like you literally were just like sliding down these rocks and you're getting pinched and another time they took us from that spot we go to another location you say you're getting like, pinched oh we're getting pinched but they're like, you're, are you guys claustrophobic? And we're like, no, but like, where are we going? They're like, well, we're just going to cut through this. And you, well, you guys will see inside the mountain where we like around where we climb. And we're going through this section where literally my back and my belly is like scratching up against the wall. And I'm like, this is, this is where I get stuck. This is where I die. And then we're like, make it out. Did you see that movie where the guy yeah, had to knock off his arm? I was going to off my belly to get out of there. <laughs> just like stuck in the center. <laughs> waving you can my do arms. that? <laughs> but the <laughs> highlight of right that back, part of the trip was, so uh, our friends Tanya and Elvis bought a bus in Jersey. Elvis, Wait, yes. Elvis? That guy. Don't tell the he government. wasn't in Nashville? That <laughs> so okay. they, they bought a school bus in Jersey. They drove it down to Alabama uh, put it on the property. So they have a property and then they bought a bunch of land next to them. They put it on that property. They put it on like pillars. So it's just standing there. It's not moving. Put a second floor on it, built an addition on the back. There's a full bathroom. It's hooked up to city water power. This school bus was so awesome. <laughs> this was like one of my favorites. That was awesome. Yes. Really cool. But question. Are you sure they didn't just drive it until it couldn't drive anymore and then they just found <laughs> no, themselves I, in I, Alabama? No, because they're telling us all the stories. <laughs> I guess this is where we're camping. They're already in Alabama, but they told us all the stories of trying to get it to the spot <laughs> it was in because like, they're up in the mountains and it's like a dirt gravel road to get there. Um, like Their their property backs up to like old cotton fields. Like Yeah, it's, it's like real south, guys. Real south. So this cabin 
it's just basically a cabin. It's gorgeous. Two two stories, plenty of room in there, super comfortable. It's hooked up to city water and power. So it's had water, better water pressure than my house. Uh, and I'm just super proud of what they've done with it. If you want to see the video of it, it's on my um, Instagram. I, we did it like a little promotional video for them, basically just of the, the whole thing showing it off because it's an Airbnb. They actually rent it out. And from us staying there, apparently they got a couple of listings. So we're very happy to, including Brett and Bethany, they got a weekend there. So good on them. Nice. I mean, they're oh, booked nice. out. This is in the middle of nowhere. They don't even have Wi-Fi at the place. They're booked out almost entirely through um, August. Wow. But they, they, got, they DVDs. got DVDs. <laughs> Who needs Wi-Fi when you got DVDs? Oh, oh we watched the Italian DVDs. job on a DVD. You could bring your AOL oh, yeah, DVD. Job. So nice. Boom. You have. We actually sent them. Um, <laughs> this is super dumb, but I must tell the story. Uh, one of the places they took us where they do uh, where they climb was where the rock climbing scene from Failure to Launch was filmed. So we sent them the DVD Failure to Launch. It was all five dollars <laughs> on Amazon, and why not? But anyways, from there we drove to Atlanta WorkbenchCon. We pretty much talked about it. And since I got back from WorkbenchCon, we've been extra fired up. We've been writing our emails and thank yous to everyone uh, that we met. Had a lot of really good conversations with brands and uh, the reps for them. So like we've been trying to connect with all of them and figuring out some stuff for for this year. But Emma and I are really fired up. She unfortunately uh, was not feeling well yesterday. Today she tested positive for COVID. So we're separated a little bit. Uh, I think Mike and Emma were kissing the same person. Everyone. They were both kissing patient zero, which I want to know who Eric the yeah, I don't who know. The person was that like got all everyone sick. But honestly, whatever, I think matter. my my theory is that like I got it on the plane in. Yeah, because, Emma could have gotten it from I, her kids. She teaches dance, so <laughs> I think knows. I got it from my plane in because I mean it's like five days, right? Yeah, it's all like that. I mean, it's like five, isn't it? Five days. I, who I knows? I, like it's it's whatever. We're vaccinated, so it's not the. I'm not a COVID. Yeah. We're hot, vaxxed and waxed, so we're good. But um. It's just Loaded been, uh, it's cutting board season now. As you guys know, I built cutting boards once, twice a year, and I'm basically ripping down every piece of scrap that I have laying around, and uh, we're going to turn it into boards, and then I don't have to do it for the, for the rest of the year because we have a show in two and a half weeks. I'm not panicked. Yeah, two and a half weeks. I got to make a bunch of uh, stuff for that, so it's going to be exciting, but just excited to be working with them um, and listing some stuff and getting some projects ready for uh, for this event. Mike, what's up with you? Um, I've got COVID. Um, so, um, it's been a real big bummer for me coming back to having COVID. Like I was really excited to come back and work in the shop (laughs) and I can't. So I've been doing a lot of administrative stuff and man, you'd think that four days of administrative work, I'd be caught up and I'm just not even close. It's just like, it's just ridiculous how much stuff there is to do all the time. Um, two steps forward, three steps back. (laughs) I mean, getting emails out and talking to customers and taking care of spreadsheets for my big customers and getting emails out to brands. And I've been doing all this stuff and it's just like, man, I mean, I, this stuff is part of what I do. It's my job. And it's like, I, I get to do it and I'm really thankful for it. But, um, I really just want to be in my shop making my chairs really bad and make my new dining, dining table. And, um, you know, I designed this, uh, man, I, I'll, I'll get away from what was me on COVID. Uh, I designed this. Uh, I've been using this program called Mosaic. I've had it for a few months. I was playing for it with it a few months back, not giving it the proper time. I took a training. Me and my me and my guys took a training with Mosaic. They uh, it's part of your subscription 
took an hour and a half class. They gave us a lot of the basics, crash course just in there. It was really great. I've been just designing cabinets and stuff, just getting used to stuff. I had ordered um I ordered a bunch of plywood just so we could play with three quarter inch plywood to cut up, make different cabinets and stuff. Um it's such an amazing it's an oh. huh? Must be nice to have three quarter inch plywood money. You can Whoa, just play with plywood. Really fun. I mean, pre finished <laughs> plywood too. No bigs. No, um, it's like sixty bucks a sheet. Um, so we, um, I've just been designing stuff and cutting out stuff and trying new things. But I designed this cabinet for my um, for my Shaper Origin accessories, um, and I was going to do a video on it. Anyway, this whole thing. Uh, but I just I need it. It's taken too long to get the video going, so I just need the Origin accessories on the wall because they're just all over the place. But this is what's crazy about technology. And um, I designed this file or this cabinet for the origin. And the design doesn't really matter. But I I saw, I shot the G code to a file in a server. So I, I couldn't go. I couldn't give it to Matt on a thumb drive because I have COVID. I give it. I put it in, in, in our server that we use for the business. And I, I text Matt and say, hey, it's in there. Here's where it's located. He downloads this, the, the, the G code onto the thumb drive, puts it in the CNC, loads up the file, cuts out the sheet. <clears throat> he can look because it's so intuitive. Um, he was able to assemble the whole thing and glue it up like the joinery, the CNC cut all the joinery. It's all blind dados. The whole thing. It's amazing. Like this, this the joinery is so tight and everything came together. Um, Matt doesn't have any woodworking experience. He was able to assemble this cabinet, glue it all up and get it together for me. And then he put all the face frame on. I just told him, Hey, I want internet or a, uh, you know, inch and a half face frame all around this thing. He did the whole thing. He did a killer job just from like absorbing Sean and I in the shop and all these things. It's just, it just really blew me away that Matt was able to assemble this shaper origin cabinet and cut all the part. It just really is cool to me that someone like Matt was able to do that. So was that the cabinet, the picture that you shared with Pete and I, uh, yesterday? No, that's a vanity for, that's a bathroom vanity. That was the first thing we cut out oh, of mosaic okay. where I was like, Oh, this is really good software. Like this is crazy. So I've cut out several cabinets since then. Okay. Um, that cabinet we actually assembled with pocket holes and that's a mistake because the, the joinery, the, the joint, the tool pathing joinery that this software makes is unbelievable. <clears throat> Everything just snaps together perfectly with this blind dados it's unreal it's so crazy dude like i i, I want to take like do a video of it and show you guys it's so cool but um anyways i just think that like the technology is just unreal with some of these things especially like for production shops it's amazing you can you can actually have people who don't do this for a living and then they can understand it it's so plain and obvious what's going on that um they're able to put it together and, and make it happen it's, it's really neat to me i just think it's really cool it's like a, it's like <laughs> right, a 3D, it's a 3D puzzle. puzzle. He was able to look at like the diagram I sent him and put it all together without any labels or anything. So that was really rad. So, um, but yeah, we got, I've been seeing mosaic that. in a lot of places. They're, they're, they're including it with, uh, <laughs> Laguna CNCs now. People are getting VCar I mean, Pro and mosaic as a bundle with it. It's like, I don't, I honestly like it's a hundred. It's not bucks new a month though, right? Under, no, it's been around. Yeah. Honestly, it's 150 bucks a month. They're way undercharging. <laughs> like it's such a great piece of software. Like it's incredible. Like, if if I, I I am very confident that I you know in a few months of us doing this I could very easily do full kitchen build outs anything anything in a home we can do and I'm really excited about that possibility so um, we're just slapping stuff together with it now so that that's a need to add that to the business yeah just slappity doo da no um so we got uh, I haven't really been to the shop but we're finishing up um, I actually did have to spray a countertop today 
Uh, Sean did the first three coats. I finished the last coat. We're hopefully, if I pop negative COVID tomorrow, we're going to deliver that. It's a 55 inch wide by 123 inch long, inch and a half thick white oak countertop. It is a monster. Um, three of us can barely move it. Um, that's going to go home. Uh, we'll start spraying the vanity, which is a white oak vanity. That'll hopefully, I can have that done on Monday, I think. Um, Tuesday, next week, um, the uh, the guys are going down to San Francisco. They got to go do an install in San Francisco. So I got Peter coming on Tuesday. So we're going to film our next YouTube video. Um, and we'll have another YouTube video out coming out on Tuesday as well. Um, so uh, we released another video uh, last week before we left a, a WorkbenchCon. I'm all kind of jumbled on. Yes, last week before we went to left WorkbenchCon. And that video bombed really bad. And uh, five ways to cut off your thumb exactly. on your bandsaw. Five bandsaw. Yeah, it was it was like a jig like video for bandsaws, and we were like, "It's gonna do well," and it just didn't. It didn't do well. So it's one of those things where like, um, there's no story. There's no story. So the video, I think that's really what hurt that video is there's just no story behind it. So um, we're learning our way through the through the YouTube thing. We'll figure it out soon. But anyway, that's what's going on. Sorry, I'm a little bit like. All over the place. I'm. I have COVID. You have COVID brain. So I got COVID like baby brain, brain. Like, really bad. I like, mm. like what brain? I also have COVID <laughs> brain. No COVID. It's weird. What's up, Pete? What you got going on? I have COVID What's brain. On your and no bench? COVID. <laughs> um, everybody's gonna be shocked. I do a lot of Etsy what? orders. Um, however, it's weird. It's weird how things go in waves. I thought. Over the holidays, we would sell a bunch of cutting boards. Well, we didn't. Shocker. Well, I've been selling a bunch of cutting boards, and I, I listed all those cutting boards on Etsy, but now I'm getting people that say, hey, I like this board, but can we change this or that? And I'm like, well, yeah, but I'll have to create a second uh, custom listing for you because I can't modify the current board. So I've been selling a lot of cutting boards. I've sold maybe wow, 10 custom nice. cutting boards. What are you customizing on them? They're just, they they like the boards that I have, but they just kind of want maybe something bigger or they want like a personalization on it or something. So that's what I've been doing. You know, aside from the 25 slide tables I need to make, which I am wicked 25? behind on. Wicked behind 25 uh, of those yeah. tables? Well, I had I I sold I sold 25 of them <clears throat> total since that video popped off. I have shipped out huh. 5. So, but on mm-hmm. Etsy, I have a 30-day oh, okay. lead time on there, so I'm not hurting yet. Although going to Florida tomorrow is probably oh. not in my best interest, but I don't have a choice. Um <clears throat> aside from that, I, I'm still kind of working on the uh, farmhouse table. I'm not basically that <clears throat> I, I put the top together and it's basically just become like a, a makeshift workstation where I just kind of lay all my tools. So I need to get back to working on that. And one of my one of my good friends, he's not a woodworker. He is a photographer. He, you know, I met him in the photography world and we've remained very good friends. Um, <laughs> he's he's also a new homeowner. For the first time. And so he's wanting to get into the DIY and, and do things himself. He's like very into it. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm here to help. I got whatever you need. If you need anything, you let me know. So he 
went and bought some hickory wood flooring, and he wanted to turn it into a butcher block like <laughs> bench. Sorry, I I just remember the video. <laughs> right. He wanted to turn it into a butcher block bench, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." He goes, "Yeah." So I got it all glued up, but it's not exactly flat. Is there? Do you have something that that could help me flatten it out? I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely. We can run it through my drum sander. We can run it through the planer, or you know, worst case scenario, we put it on the CNC and flatten it out." So he brings it over, and I got my saw horses out, and I'm ready to put. He's got two slabs. I think they're about. 18 inches wide by we'll say 56 inches long and as soon as i grab this thing out of his hands and put it on the on the saw horses i'm like oh no i you know you could just feel that it's not it wants to explode glued properly <clears throat> and so i'm trying to explain this to him and you could just see the life leave in his face because he spent a lot of time gluing this up he's like well i use gorilla glue i'm like yeah well Okay, here's your problem. So he bought this flooring, and it was finished on two sides. And one side had stain and finish, and the, and the bottom side only had finish. He Ooh. didn't remove any of the finish. It had, you know, polyurethane on it. So I was showing him that, like, so he had glue seeped over on the side on the edge of one of the pieces. And I had it standing up on the on the sawhorses so I could I could scrape it. I'm like, look how easily this glue comes off. And as I, as I scrape it, I bumped it. And it just toppled over off the, off the uh, sawhorses and hit the cement floor in my shop, and it exploded like it it had been dipped in uh, uh, liquid uh, nitrogen. I, like, I was not expecting it to like liquid nitrogen. It literally exploded. <laughs> it didn't like break apart. It just... it, it's like I, I mean, it, so uh, and, and just like so that happened off camera, and like you could tell he wanted to cry, and I was like. I, I was that's kind of what I was trying to tell you. I didn't want to demonstrate it, but now that it happened, we should film the other one. Oh, so he had two of them. And okay. Make a video out of it. Yeah, so he had two of them. The the first one, I really wish I would have got that first one on video because the way it exploded was just it was like a piece of sheet glass hitting the ground. And and you know, have you ever seen that? Like where the glass hits the ground perfectly flat and it just kind of like it was like that. It would have been the best video, but we did the second one. I made a reel out of it. It was fun. Uh, he learned a valuable lesson. And then I was like, okay, now you got to break it all apart one by one and run oh them through the God. drum sander. I just watched something. So he did that I'm while I watching the video. On my Sorry, I'm watching the video because I wanted to see it again. And I noticed he didn't even like plane the bottom side. Because you know, flooring always has the little grooves for airflow or whatever it is. So he yeah, glued up yeah. whatever sections of wood he had left. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Poor guy. He learned a valuable oh. lesson that day. Uh, and it, it yeah. made for good content. I'm actually a little bummed because so we've been talking about how like, like Instagram oh, is just terrible. Oh, just, oh, yeah. We've been talking about Instagram is just terrible and like our views are down. I, I thought, thought that video would have done great. It's only got like uh, 5,000 views. You got what more views on your uh, anyway. titty butt plug that you got. Well, you know, there boobies there so that's <gasps> there's that anyway um sorry when you get back i feel like i'm missing something but i can't think of anything right now my brain is a, a mush so i think that's so a, wait what's on my bench yeah did I go since last? i brought up the uh I did. the 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 thing from titty nick <laughs> nick nick birch told titty nick. um guess what's in my house right now oh, i have right. the mallet the maker mallet oh, with, nice. yeah it's in my house did and you I, drug dave 
How many times have you shoved shoved it up it's your just room? A handle? I can't <laughs> can't do the whole thing. Uh, but I I take it out like once every two days just to be like. <sighs> so are you? What are you doing with it? Are yeah, you, Dave are and I are going to meet up Dave? at some point. I'm going to be going into the city in two weeks, so I might just uh, from Manhattan drive over. You're the yeah, Malcolm in the yeah, Middleman. So I'll drive over to Long Island and drop it off and see his shop. Long Island. Or, or Long Island. <laughs> It's a, it's a thing. Uh, or he's going to come out. So we're basically, I'm either going to go to his shop or he's going to come to my shop and uh, going to make a day out of it or an evening out of it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Share it just, COVID it's still like, like holding this you. thing is what, what he did, like that mallet is absolutely incredible. I cannot believe that, the detail. That mallet is yeah. substantial. It's a work of art. I'm, it's literally I'm a work of art. I'm texting you guys the show title. It really is. <laughs> Long, oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Long, <laughs> long, long guy land. It's long. I thought you were gonna put in long guy land. <laughs> no, long like guy land. That's <laughs> yeah. where the long guys live. Oh no. So I guess we have to talk about our new mowers. So that makes sense. Uh, Greenworks. This episode brought to you by Green Greenworks. Greenworks. <laughs> Sorry. Man. Hey, Greenworks people, reach out. Batteries just keep getting bigger. Um. So. I guess that's for it for yeah. what's on our benches. Kinda, uh, you guys want to do a little WBC wrap I up? Kinda or? Did. I kind of did. I kind of did. I mean, I think I feel like we did too. That's kind of what I was. I asking. I feel hella motivated. I feel like it was a good week. Um, I feel motivated, but I'm going to lose it now that I'm leaving. We're going to Orlando tomorrow. We're recording this on Thursday. We're leaving at noon tomorrow to drive to Orlando from Nebraska. Yeah. That's so well, stupid. Who does? I got to say though, I I kind of missed you guys because. We're usually like inseparable at these events. I think this is the first time that the three of us, my voice cracked because I'm growing up. Uh, it's the first time Big that we pants. all kind of just split up. Dan and I hung out a little more. Well, we are. Yeah, but we, like, adults we all kind of just like did our own thing. We're grown up adults um, now. But yeah, it just it was. Uh, yeah, I saw you quite a bit, but it, Mike, Mike's just too cool for us. He's he's hanging out with the big wigs. Yeah, I had a lot of people ask me, "Hey, where's so, Mike?" I'm like, I have no idea. He's I was there the whole time. Thing. I know you. Like, <laughs> I was there the whole time. There was like a day where I did leave too many times for lunch, but like other than that, I was I, there. It was last year, though, we were literally like attached at the hip at the event, uh, well, but it was we good to there, like spread we, out. A brand you know? had us doing their garbage last year, and then um, you know, oh, I mean, it's like also that. like That's we true. all have like our own groups and stuff too. Like we, it's yeah. good. It's a good thing. Like we mm-hmm. just have our group. You know, I mean, it's, it's good. But yeah, I think we no, kind of did our recap. Nice I don't think we need out. to go deeper into it. I mean, it's 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 a good event. It's I'm like question. I know earlier, like I, a few times throughout the year, I was like, I don't know if I'll go. I'm actually pretty certain I won't go next year. To be very honest, um, I just don't see myself going. I'll believe yeah, that when I see it. Uh, he'll probably I honestly. I, feel, he'll, I was feeling. I'll put five dollars on the fact that he's there, speaking so. next week or next week next year. I I don't know if I'm if I'm speaking then then I will <laughs> yeah. go. Mike's teaching a class. Like, he just confirmed it. <laughs> um if i'm i won't teach i won't teach a class but um if i'm involved in it somehow then yeah that's different but like if i'm not involved in it i probably even towards the end i was like this is a lot like it's a lot it's mm-hmm. just a lot oh, it is like, a lot and i'm just it's like honestly like, a I'm, lot i'm finding myself being more and more burned out with big groups of stuff and that is a big group of stuff. Like that is a lot of like people like definitely not that many days well, they sold out tickets this year so they sold out tickets, so there was at least. I have my theories about all that there, right? too, and I'll talk about that after we get done here. I have, I have, especially with the email yeah. we saw the day afterwards. I'll talk to you guys about that here in a second. Um, anyways, 
Yeah, that's the episode. Dan will be gone next week, uh, but Pete and I will be here. We will probably yeah. wrangle someone in here to join us. We may not, though. I don't know. Pete and I have never, Pete and I have never done a, an episode together by ourselves. So I think we kind have. Of do, so. Haven't we? No. We have. You may oh, have maybe. done an Instagram live. I don't if think not, Malucky, we'll Malucky's on the bench. He's ready to go. He's warmed up. That's kind One of this thing another, being on the bench. I'm going to call in with a with Oh, no, a you have to call so. in, Dan. If you're not going to be here, you have to call in. Florida Dan. Florida Dan. I'm gonna wear Florida a Hawaiian Dan. shirt. DeSantis 2024. No, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll be back. Ne- we'll be back. Oh, next shut week. up! I we'll, quit. We'll be back Go next Gators. Week. Uh, <laughs> we will uh, be back next. I'll week. call you from inside of a Gators oh. belly. Yeah, I got eaten. Oh my gosh, that's ludicrous. <laughs> uh, that's a terrible joke. Anyways, okay. we'll be here next week. Minus a Dunlap. Maybe someone else will be here. We don't know. It'll be a show next week, though. Plus a Johnson. Keith is coming? Oh. No, I I, I was actually talking about That was a penis joke. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks for starting the show. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for... Make sure you subscribe to Patreon. Support the show. Go check out the Patreon. You'll get great content like this. Okay, bye, 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 bye. All right, bye. Bye -bye. Bye-bye. Love you a long time. Love you.